It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Abco Safety. Stay tuned for the midway point for the ad break to hear about how you can get 15% off your first order at Abco Safety by giving them a call. Today's episode will cover the rookie camp that happened over the weekend, and there's an interesting Football Outsiders article that came out called Adjusted Games Lost. This tells us essentially how injured each NFL team was in the 2018 season. And they also included data for the 2017 season. And there are some worrisome trends there that we can take a look at for the Bengals and some interesting trends all around the league, in fact. But first, let's talk about the minicamp. There was precious little news that I saw from the beat writers come out from the coverage of the minicamp. More on Bengals.com than anywhere else. A few of those notes included things like Ryan Finley had a very rough day in the first day of minicamp throwing the football. Uh, apparently, Jake Dolaga, I think that's jo- Dolagala. It's, yeah, I think, I think Dolagala two. is right. Jake Dolagala apparently had a a better day, opened some eyes, had a big arm, big guy, prototypical yeah, size and arm strength. She said, "I think Kat Terrell said uh, he's got a crazy arm." So. Something to keep an eye on for sure. I watched a few games of him, and I think I've said this on the podcast. That big arm doesn't really show up from the scant I've scant little I've been able to watch. There isn't a ton of Central Connecticut State on YouTube, unsurprisingly. But for the most part, it looked like they were a run first, throw it underneath kind of offense from the couple yeah. of games I was able to see. So it's interesting to hear about the skill set underlying it all. Of course, there is a connection to Mike Sherman, who also attended Central Connecticut State. And that's probably what put Zach Taylor on to Dolagala, but he was going to sign with the Colts until at the last minute he decided to come over to the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I was just going to say there are other teams, and it's because he's big with a big arm. I mean, you're not going to come out of some small school like that uh, because you're smart. I mean, they can find those guys. you got to have the tools, and apparently he has them. Yep. And he was somebody that the Bengals also had a visit with, I believe, or at least they sent somebody out there to see him. So that one wasn't too surprising. I was a little bit surprised that he had offers from other teams, but the Colts were on him. And I think actually what happened was the Colts pulled their offer or or Mm. signed a different quarterback or something. And then Dolagala decided he had a better chance of making the roster in Cincinnati with the new coaching staff. But, I mean, there are two quarterbacks probably ahead of him on the death chart right now. 
I think the uh, free agent period right after the draft, or it even starts sometimes in round six, round seven, um, is interesting. And you get a lot of cool stories, or at least interesting stories, of guys thinking, oh, I'll go here, and then they'll draft a similar position in the seventh round. He goes, well, I'm not going there anymore because I want to, you know, I don't want to compete with that guy, or, uh, or you know, or I can beat that guy. So yeah, I'll go there. But just teams pulling offers, teams coming late in the process, giving up big signing bonuses. It's. Uh, I wish we had more information reported on that because I think it would help when you look at the list of the of the undrafted players the Bengals signed. No one really jumps out outside of Stanley Morgan. We've talked about him enough, but uh, you know it, it's really hard to say that this year there's going to be more than if one guy makes it. It would. It would probably be tough for a couple guys this year. The other name that stood out to me on the list was Curtis Aikens. Yeah. The Memphis linebacker, who I thought we had actually put in our draft rankings because I remember seeing his name come up at some point, and it might have been the Pro Football Focus draft guide. Uh, he did grade very well for PFF in his last two years in Memphis. He was a three-year starter, 88.5 grade in 2017, 84.5 grade in 2018. Really strong run defense numbers, had a pretty good year in coverage in 2017 but then you go and you look at how often he was targeted and it looks like he was pretty well hidden in coverage but didn't miss tackles uh i don't have athleticism numbers for him i wonder if those showed up at some point i I think that's why we took him out of our spreadsheet if i remember correctly because i do remember his name but I, i think we didn't have or he didn't have testing but he's listed at 6'1 235 pounds on the excuse me on the Bengals website so uh he's a bit of an you know, now that's a typical size, but I think the Bengals or some teams still view that as an undersized uh, linebacker. But I do agree he's the one name on this list that really jumped out at me. The rest of the guys seem like shots. You know, that's the, you take a chance on these guys, and there'll be someone that'll emerge. But overall, uh, just a couple other names here, if you don't know them. Anthony Chelsea is a corner from Coastal Carolina. Um, we talked about Delagola. Uh, and then we also have a couple other, uh, Jordan Ellis is a running back from Virginia, Charles Holland, 6'2", 194 from, uh, Tiffin. So they, they, a bunch of small school guys, which I like because I think that's where you find some undrafted gems. These are a bunch of names from smaller schools that I'm not going to know. And hopefully those are the guys that surprise us. There's also O'Shea Dugas, a guard or tackle from Louisiana Tech, Damian Willis, a wide receiver from Troy. Uh, Tyree Cannell, who's another one that should stand out. He was a safety at Michigan. He played a lot there. Uh, and I think maybe was a little bit surprised he wasn't drafted, maybe in the seventh round or so. And then the Texas A&M connection, Keaton Sutherland, an offensive lineman. I think he'll be a guard in the NFL, joins his college coach in Cincinnati. And then they signed those tryout guys that we mentioned yesterday, Ventel Bryant from Temple wide receiver, Noah Dawkins, a Citadel linebacker, and Sterling Sheffield, linebacker from Maine. So uh, some themes there, linebackers, wide receivers. And a bunch of small schools. And a bunch of small schools, that's true. And Stanley Morgan from Nebraska, there not there isn't there some sort of connection to Nebraska on the coaching staff? Or did I oh, yeah, that? that's where um, Zach Taylor's from. Yeah, that's where he played quarterback. That's right. Yeah. That's what it was. So uh, That is the full crop of college free agents as far as we know. Curtis Aikens actually is a pretty interesting name now that I look at it. Um, He he ended up with a 7.28 RAS or something like that. I think I just looked it up. Oh, he did. He did test. He did test at some point. 
I don't know if it was an incomplete profile, maybe. Do you have uh, his numbers at all? Do you have a 40 or anything like that? If you give me a second, talk about something, I'll look it up. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you have to think linebacker is the one spot that the Bengals have had undrafted guys for a long time make the roster. I mean, famously Vinny Ray, but Vonta's perfect also, I guess. And uh, even last year, there's been guys, Hardy Nickerson a couple years ago, Chris Worley found his way on the back end of the roster at one point. Uh, and I thought Brandon Bell, who they just released also, so some news there. Uh, Brandon Bell, at, at times, being an undrafted guy, getting active for special teams duty. So that is the one position. All right, I've got the numbers here on Curtis Aikens now. He actually completed all the drills. So he ran a four-five-seven forty, which is very good. He had great splits. He benched 25 reps, so 856 for his score there, so better than average. Vert was 5.5, just above average. Broad was 6.5, just above average, and his agility drills weren't very good. Okay. Both so of his that's agility similar, drills around the 40th percentile. That's a similar profile to Jermaine Pratt then. Because he didn't Probably. do his, right, his agility drills. He's a little bit smaller. He actually yep. measured in at an, a six foot seven eighths inches. Okay. So it's about six one. Yes. Did, do they have the weight on there? Was it 235? 235, yeah. Okay, 235 great, has yeah. been a consistent number for him. So maybe maybe a hidden gem there. Somebody we haven't talked about very much, but really good marks from PFF. The, the, the reason that you can be a little bit skeptical, the reason he probably went undrafted is because I, I think, and I, we would have to go back and watch, but just looking at his number of targets, he's only targeted 56 times. In, in three years of starting in 1,961 snaps, that's a very low number he's if they were him. actually asking him to drop into coverage. And right. his pass that's... rush numbers aren't very good either. Yeah, that'll be definitely what we'll have to go back and look at. And if he makes a that, – that's the thing. I don't typically go back and watch a lot of uh, undrafted players unless I watch them beforehand or, or was told to watch them. <laughs> but if they make – noise in camp or in preseason i tend to go back and watch those guys then yeah so we'll have to see how they do in training camp if, they, if they're around for the preseason obviously we'll get a long look at some of these guys in week one week four of the preseason to some extent in week two so that's really all you need to see at this point and and you can end up wasting a lot of time if you go back and watch 13 college free agents and tryout players that made the team that aren't likely to break camp and in a lot of cases will be in the first round of cuts. Some other interesting stuff in a Bengals.com article today that talked about how Deshaun Davis is connected to some of the former players on the Cincinnati Bengals. Apparently he's very close with Takeo Spikes. Hmm. Also an Auburn linebacker. They talk, there's a little bit of a mentor relationship going on there. And he also attended the same high school. And of course, university is Willie Anderson. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, Willie Anderson talked about him after he was drafted, saying he's a extremely high character, high motor, high intelligence prospect. Yeah. So in that article, there were some notes on Deshaun Davis and on Jermaine Pratt. The Bengals linebacker coach, Tem Lukabu, I think I finally got the name right, says Jermaine Pratt is right on schedule for a third rounder. He's expected to contribute heavily, if not start. Uh, he felt like, you know, everything they liked about him is showing up. Of course, it's two days of three days of minicamp or something when this was written, uh, on Deshaun Davis, Takeo Spikes says that he's advanced from the mental side of it. 
he's happy the Bengals gave him an opportunity to fill a spot and he thinks he can fill a spot. So for Davis echoing the character mental side of the game, obviously there are some athletic limitations there, but the Bengals of course have a history of guys with athletic limitations with the mental acuity to get it done on the field. So the best case for Deshaun Davis might be playing into those strengths. Yeah. And maybe he's a Vinnie Ray Hardy Nickerson uh, on that. Let's not, let's not put those two in the same sentence. Why? They're similar. Vinnie Ray's worst is similar to Hardy Nickerson's best, indeed. Okay, but I mean, they are on the spectrum of winning with things other than yes. their athleticism and size. And so is Vontez perfect while we're on the topic. Uh, another well, at least he has size. He does have size, that's fair. Another interesting note uh, on Mark Duffner, one of the Bengals' new coaches. Takeo Spike says... Mark Duffner is one of the best teachers he ever had. He says he doesn't think he'd be able to grasp everything he got. He wouldn't have stuck in the league if it wasn't for Mark Duffner laying down the foundation for him. So I thought that He's, was an interesting little one. That That's someone they signed we kind of didn't really talk about, right? Because it was afterwards he was, late he was an assistant, right? Yeah, let me see if I can find it here. I think it's a defensive assistant or something Sen- along those lines. Senior defensive assistant. That's right. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. So that's good then. So maybe that, you know, and if he helped Takeo Spikes and Spikes is speaking highly of him, maybe he has a um, expertise with linebackers because that would be a big bonus. And Duffner used to be a coach for the Bengals as well, I think. Maybe, I recognize maybe the name. Not. He was, okay, he was a coach at the University of Cincinnati from 1977 to 1980. Yes, he was on the Bengals coaching staff from 1997 to 2002. He was a Bengals defensive coordinator in 2001 and 2002. Does it say on the staff what his job was before that? Most recently, he was a Miami Dolphins coach from 2014 to 2015, and I don't know what okay. he did there. All right. Just wondering uh, if he had a, a specific position of, of uh, expertise. He, but that's why Takeo Spikes knows him then. He, yeah, yeah. Back back when he was a defensive coordinator in Cincinnati, he was a, he was a defensive coach in Cincinnati from '97 to to 2000. Before he was the defensive coordinator, I would imagine then that he was a linebackers coach. If Takeo sure. Spikes is talking about him, yep. Um, he was also a head coach too. He's the most experienced coach on the Bengals roster, <laughs> I, I yeah. believe. He he's forty five years all of their coaching guys experience. Are under yeah, and most of their coaches are under forty five years old. Right. Yep. I believe Mark Duffner is is probably by far their most experienced coach. Lou Anarumo only has seven years of coaching experience. Darren Simmons has been around, I guess, for a long time now. 15 years, 16 years in Cincinnati. Alex Van Pelt's probably been around for a while. 13 years yeah, but of he was, coaching. Yeah, I was going to say he was playing until the early 2000s. Yeah. There is one more bit of news that we want to get to. We're going to get to that after the break. But we do have time, as always, to talk about our excellent sponsor, Abco Safety. As you remember by now, I'm sure we've drilled this into your head. They are a safety and industrial distributor located in the Cincinnati area. You can check them out at abcosafety.com. Joe, what kind of a cool swag are you looking at today on abcosafety.com? Let me tell you what I'm looking at because the kids are driving me nuts at home and I work midnight. So afterwards, you know what I usually do? Put earplugs in my ears when I sleep. And I'm looking at their earplugs right now while I'm on the website. That's abcosafety.com. I think I'm going to grab a pair here. Joe's going to get some earplugs. I was checking out. They have so many signs. 
You need a sign that says do not enter. They got it. You need a sign that says fire extinguisher. I mean, and most importantly, look out for train. They you think get, that's a joke? I, I don't think serious. that's a joke. I think that that's very specific. Okay, so it is I, very specific. I'm getting to the point that they have specificity for signage. They also have do not enter danger tape, caution wet floor, you name it. They have the sign you need. If you own a business, you need a wet floor sign. That's that's the law. So if you need some signs, some earplugs, any of those other products we've mentioned, including the X5000 Secure Fit Safety Helmet, that hard hat, Alpine style, uh, the Nano Lock or the Body Harness, check those all out on abcosafety.com and then give them a call at 513-672-1818 to get 15% off your first order. And they'll work with you on your safety plan after that if you mention Locked On Abco. That's 513-672-1818. Mention Locked On Abco for 15% off. You'll support a local business, support the podcast. We really appreciate it. And we'll be right back to get to that last note out of minicamp. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One last note we wanted to mention from the minicamps that we heard was Nick Vigil wearing the radio helmet. That's right. This is actually probably the biggest news, I think, of all this today because uh, we laid this out. We talked about this before of how you need normally and you see some teams now are going to a safety wearing the radio helmet. But one guy can wear the radio helmet on defense and he relays the plays from the coordinator to the to the defensive huddle. So basically the quarterback of the defense. Now you want that guy to remain on the field. So you can't, let's say if it's Nick Vigil. Last year it was Vontez Perfect. Traditionally it's been Vontez Perfect, except for when he was hurt and suspended. So if it's Nick Vigil wearing it, that means he's going to call the huddle and he'll be on the field every single play, if if possible. If it was Preston Brown wearing it, that means he would call the huddle, be on the field every single play. Now, why I say that differently, because we don't want Preston Brown out there in the nickel packages in coverage. And, and that's one of the reasons why Buffalo let him go originally and why we still needed an upgrade, even though the Bengals re-signed Preston Brown. So the, the quote actually was that Vigil is one of the guys wearing the radio helmets. We don't know who the other one is. We don't know because it could be a backup more than likely. And it's a way to get Jermaine Pratt on the field. If Jermaine Pratt uh, is their second best cover guy, or if they want to say athlete, however they want to decide it, if Nick Vigil is the other, you can kind of mix up whoever that second guy is. It doesn't have to be Preston Brown now, and that's that's a good thing. And that's not to say that it won't be Preston Brown ever. It might start out the season with Preston Brown being the guy in the nickel package if they don't trust one of those other guys, but. It could also very well be Jermaine Pratt or Jordan Evans or even the dark horse that we've sort of talked about on the podcast, Malik Jefferson. That's right. And I think it's a big factor in in reading that article, too. And I don't remember the headline of it, but you'll find it. I think it was talking about William Jackson uh, stepping up in a in a basically a contract year because they picked up his option. But uh, Jackson was approaching Nick Vigil about 
a, a certain coverage he's, or technique he's supposed to use on a certain play. And he said Vigil answered it for him. He walked away satisfied. And that, if that's the case, if they're going to Nick Vigil for this, these type of corrections and, and advice, I think we could probably say he's going to be the starter wearing the radio helmet calling the plays. And what that helps you with is now if he's your leader mentally, you can pair other people with him. It doesn't have to be because Preston Brown's known for being that type. So if it was if it had to be Preston Brown, then I would be uh, kind of concerned at who I surround him with. But if it's Nick Vigil, now I'm open to the idea of who that third linebacker can be. Yeah, uh, I think that's only a positive. And Nick Vigil and Preston Brown bro- both had injury issues last year, which I think is a good segue. The Bengals had a ton of injuries last year, especially at the linebacker position, I'd say. But today, Football Outsiders came out with a cool article about games lost to injury in 2018. And on this list, Baltimore in 2018 was the least injured team in the National Football League. They had some injuries to some offensive linemen like Alex Lewis, James Hurst, Ronnie, Stan- Ronnie Stanley. They lost Joe Flacco, but of course that just ended up leading to Lamar Jackson becoming the starter. They lost some games with Tony Jefferson and Marlon Humphrey. But all in all, all players considered least injured team in 2018. Other AFC North teams, Pittsburgh, fifth least injured team in 2018. They did, of course, lose games to Antonio Brown and, of course, Le'Veon Bell's holdout. So some players under contract who didn't I wonder play. if he counts in that. I don't believe he does. And it's okay. They've, they found adequate or maybe even better than that uh, running. with Be- Better than adequate, not better yeah. than Bell, yeah. Right. And, and in seventh place was Cleveland amongst the least injured teams in 2018. So three teams in the division as top 10 healthiest teams where the Bengals are bottom five, right? Would you say 27 or 28th? Um, we haven't gotten to the Bengals yet. We haven't talked about that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm spoiling it a little spoiler bit. Spoiler <laughs> alert. This is a spoiler <laughs> podcast now. Yeah. So three teams in the division, and, and we keep saying right the same things of if the Bengals are healthy, if the Bengals are healthy, they they stack up with a lot of teams. I, I feel good at a lot of positions if they're healthy. And you can see now that uh, that gap could be health, really, in terms of the, the best team in this division and the Bengals. Yeah, because like Joe spoiled, the Bengals were the 28th most healthy team in 2018, which is, of course, five from the bottom. Their adjusted games lost total number of 104.9 is is much, much, much higher than Baltimore's 29.7 games lost, Pittsburgh's 40.4 games lost, or Cleveland's 51.1 games lost. And the worrisome thing here is that while a lot of injuries we chalk up to luck, I had a conversation on Twitter about this actually with a personal trainer. I'm going to find your name. It was Joe. JBB's 1985 told me that, you know, they had a couple of years where there was an emphasis on soft tissue and yoga and all these things, and they were very healthy that year. That was 2015. And he suspects that things kind of went away after that. But Year to year, there is some consistency. It's not just luck. And this is a small sample, but of the teams near the top, Buffalo was the second healthiest team in 2018, ninth healthiest team in 2017. The Hmm. Los Angeles Rams were the fourth healthiest team in 2018, the healthiest team in 2017. Pittsburgh, fifth and fourth. 
Uh, Tennessee, 11th and 3rd. But then there are some exceptions to the rule as well. Baltimore was the healthiest team in 2018 after being the 27th healthiest team in 2017. Chicago, 3rd from 31st. So maybe it is like, it's hard for me to really make those conclusions from eyeballing this. But the Bengals were the 20th healthiest team in 2017, 28th in 2018, and toward the bottom of the list, Indianapolis, 30-26, San Francisco, 29-23, and then the the ones that have flipped, Jacksonville went to 27 from 6, Carolina went to 26 from 7, so there's a mixed bag of some teams that have wild swings, and other teams that have been pretty consistent year to year. Hard to draw conclusions, I guess. Well, you can. The conclusion you can draw is it is hard to make the playoffs with a lot of injuries, right? You need to have an exceptional run or a good coaching staff or depth because when you see that, like you look at Jacksonville going from top ten to bottom ten, uh, obviously they go from AFC Championship game to not making the playoffs, picking top ten again. So, yeah, this it, it's a factor. Obviously, we know this, but. Yeah. You know, I get annoyed sometimes with the the best ability is availability, right? And that makes sense. I understand it and I get it. But uh, my issue with it is you also need ability. So let's keep our guys with ability available. Look at Buffalo, the second healthiest team. They didn't make the playoffs. No, this is true. But they were up there the uh, previous year and they made the playoffs even though they shouldn't have. Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying there's some examples of this. The Giants were the eighth healthiest team. They didn't make the playoffs. Uh, right. The Browns, you know, a little too little too late probably there. Tennessee, I'll, 11th healthiest. I don't think health gets you in the playoffs, but I think the opposite of health oh, yeah. <laughs> it will definitely derail you quickly. Except maybe in the case then of Indianapolis and Philly. Did Indianapolis end up making it to the playoffs last year? Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they were. They, were, they, they lost were, to KC. They were the third least healthy team. Philly, second least healthy team. They made it at the end. Yep. Yeah. So some interesting extremes are always exceptions to the rule, but generally, like Joe said, if you're not healthy, you can't get into the playoffs. The Bengals have had two and probably three. 2016 wasn't a particularly healthy year either, but the last two especially, losing guys, losing their superstars year in, year out. Yeah. Losing their, their key players. It makes it very hard to get into the playoffs. And even if you're there, it makes it hard to win there too. Right. I would expect we've seen that, right? Uh Colts game in the playoffs. Andy Dalton's throwing the Rex Burkhead as the best receiver on the team. That was so miserable to watch. You, there was no hope going into that game. I don't know about you, but I uh, that that game I watched it, but it was just like, what are they gonna do? How they are they going chance. to have an offense? Right. They had a chance until Andrew Luck kind of went nuts. Remember that game? He was uh, on fire. He does that in the second half of football games sometimes. He does. His first half, he's like, man, Andrew Luck is so far away from Peyton Manning. And then the second half. You're like, oh. <laughs> and it, I feel like that's a theme for him. Maybe we'll have to talk to the Colts guys about that one of these days. Well, we play them, so, right? Preseason. At least, yeah, right, at least in the preseason. Yeah, we'll talk to them about the 50 backups left on each team. I like preseason. I've said this before. I know. It's just the Colts are always a week four opponent, whereas your favorite guys, to be sure, but you know, you're know, you not talking about Andrew Luck in those podcasts. You want to be home quickly, and uh, that's what that's the goal there for the Bengals and Colts week four of the preseason. That's, I think that's the goal for every team's week four. I think that's a league-wide trend. Yep. Anyway, that'll do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with a requested feature which will involve us going through the most recent draft, the 2019 NFL draft at each spot that the Bengals picked. 
and we'll give you our pick for those spots. Until then, Bengals fans, have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.